The following presentation was recorded live by HAudio.com. The Dagoda started Holach Ma'anya. The, uh, the first thing we say is Holach Ma'anya, the Holach Ma'anya, the Holach Ma'anya. We say this is the bread of poverty which our ancestors ate in Mitzrayim. Why do you start the Haggadah with that? There's a lot of reasons, a lot of terutsim. The Maral says the following. The Gemara says that Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is a chiyuv on Matzah. In other words, Bishor, when Matzah is in front of you, that's when you are to relate Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So, because because you're now starting the Haggadah, you're now starting to tell Sipritz uh, Mitzrayim. So therefore, it has to be al So the first thing we do is we say Holach Ma'anya, and then we proceed with the Haggadah. That's the way, that's the association. By, by, by uh, putting, by establishing the fact that the Matz is in front of us, we are now, uh, we, we are now ready to, we now, we now have Matz in front of us, and the Sipur goes on that Matz. The Gemara says, why is it called Lachma Anya? Why is it called Lechem Oini? Impoverished bread. So the Gemara has, halachically, the Gemara has two or three pshatim. And one of them is, Lechem She'oinim Olav Harbeit Varm, that you answer a lot of things on it. You say a lot of things on it. The question is, what is, what does it mean you say a lot of things on it? I mean, how, how do you understand? You, it's a drush. Lechem ma'ina usually means a pavish bread. The Maradash says lechem sha'inim alav habit varim. How does the answering have tie in with the bread? Where, where is there? That's one point to understand. The second point is most of the time we find all year round that every type of saying is on wine. The din is there's alacha in kachim that ain't shira el al yayin. You make shira said only on wine, either when there's Nesachim or when someone's making Kiddush, all the, any time that we associate some sort of speech, some sort of praise, some sort of uh, declaration, we almost always do it on wine. Even Pidyan Ben, we make a bracha like Gefri, even though there's no clear association, there's no special bracha. Wine is usually the vehicle, and in Pesach we also have it. Part of, part of the Haggadah is said, Abakoises, the, the Shira, the, the, the name of Menech Shir Chodosh, Kan Magbiyas Akois, here you have a unique type of saying that is a saying on bread, on matzah specifically, that we don't have in, in, in or anywhere else, to the best of my knowledge. Okay, so two points. First of all, what does it mean, oinim alav? How does the word oinim get from the word anius? How do you get oinim from anius? And secondly, why over here on the matzah rather than on wine, which you find all over? Demerel speaks about these points in other places. I'll just bring it here, part of it, and part of it is an addition. The, then the Maral later speaks as to why uh, matzah is called lechem oini. But first I'd like to mention the first point, the association of answering to matzah. What's the difference in Hebrew between tshuva and aniyah? Tshuva means an answer. Aniyah means an answer. Anianiti lecha is I answered you. Heishafti uh, uh, also means both of them mean to answer. One point. Another point in, in Lashna Kaidish. The word Ayanun is a root form that is in Ani, a poor person, in Anav, a humble person, 
in honor to answer. What, 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 I mean, there, there is, there is uh, even on an etymological level, not on a mystical level, these, these words all, they have some association. What's the, what's the association of all these terms? So you have to understand like this. When, when someone comes to me, speech is what describes a person. Uh, the Koyach Hadibur, as, as famous Targumunculus says, that when a person is, uh, Ruach Mimalala, Nefesh Chaya is Ruach Mimalala. A person, where a person shows himself as a person is in speech. Thought is beholden, thought nobody sees, action is common to animals, speech is where a person asserts himself as in speech. There are two ways in which a person, it, it, let's put it this way, when a person speaks, that's Dibur. When a person is asked a question, it means that he's obviously being put down. How can you say this and this? This and this is a problem. What do we do in this case? Anytime a person is, is asked a question, anytime a person is, that, that means the person is now, uh, upgefrekt. He, he's now, he's now, uh, he's non-existent until he answers back. There are two ways of answering. I can rebound and slug you up. That's called tshuva. Tshuva means to come back. Uh, in the Gemara, when the Gemara speaks about a pircha, the Gemara says tyufta a lot of times. Massively. Uh, it's the same term. In other words, you've asserted a principle, I'm knocking your principle out. A tshuva means a counter knock. Rather, it, it, it's where your saying or your words have, you've presented a challenge, you've presented a supposition, I'm countering. That, that's tshuva. Aniya means that I'm being moida to you. Aniya means that I am everybody answered when they saw Kaddish Baruch Hu's miracles, they answered and they said, Shira. Anytime when the person's, when the person's, is using his power of reply to concede a point, that's called aniya. Uh, some, some Balilushin associated with the word Kniya. Kanoya means to, uh, to, to humble yourself, or more than that, to, to, uh, to put yourself under someone else. To, uh, sub, uh, uh, not subjugate. Yeah, sort of, in other words, when I am, uh, when you when I've been vanquished, I am Nichna. Lahachniya means to vanquish. So the, 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 uh, Aniya, the, the Nun Ayans, this is the Radak says this, has a, has a common root with, in other words, it's where I am using the Kayach HaDibur not to assert myself, but the exact opposite. To be made to you, to, 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 to reply and admit to you. That is Aniya. Whenever a person says, whenever a person uh, says Shira, whenever a person says something, you whine, is that which gives a person, makes a person expand his personality. A person who drinks wine becomes much more outgoing. He becomes, he, he, he becomes, his, his imagination becomes expanded. His, it, it's, 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 it's a, a stronger emphasis of the person as a person. So when every time we say Shira, we say it alayayin dafki. Shira is a type of praise to Kaddish Baruch Hu where a person goes beyond himself and, and, and elevates himself, he saw something big, and he comes out across HaKadosh Baruch Hu with Shira. So Shira is only Alayayin. 
When a person admits to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, when a person when a person is made to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that is called Aniya and Adraba. It's not only it's not not wine is the proper vehicle, but bread. When someone gives me a piece of bread and I tell him thank you, I'm thanking him for my for my existence. I, it's my very basis for existence that I'm giving that I'm giving thanks for. So Shira and Shevach is alayayim, Aniya and 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 telling Hakadosh Baruch Hu avodim ayinu until you took us out. That that is called Aniya. It's a mission to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and it's and I'm telling him that without your Without your geula, I have no existence of my own, and it's specifically on lechem and specifically on lechem oini. That's the common root. When a person is an oni, it means he has nothing. When a person is an onav, it means that he holds nothing. He he feels that he that he doesn't have any mitzias. And ani is the same thing. It's a form of speech. It's a form of 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 praise. Where, where it's a form of admitting to the other person rather than asserting my own will. So the the the, the, the so lechem oini the fact that it's anius impoverished impoverished and uh, and uh, and and lechem sheoinim alav advarim harbe it's one and the same it's two facets of the same idea. It's a type of it's 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 a type of eating where we are able eating this we're able to perceive. I, uh, our own anius, and therefore we are oinim aloft varim harbei. It's both of them come at the same time. Specifically, the right time for it is Pesach, because every other yontif represents a, 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 a stage in the progress of Kalal Yisrael. Kalal Yisrael existed, they got a Torah, they got, they had sukkis, they had, they had a lot of things uh, uh, the the carbonists that have nesachim, all these all these inyanim are inyanim where where Klal is is moving up a step, elevating themselves. Uh, Pesach is where Klal came into being. It's Klal was zero, and now and now they're very. This is the point at which we celebrate our existence. It's this is where we see that we owe Hakadosh Baruch everything we have. It's it's we are nothing. It's it's we are we are. Possessionless and personless without a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So the, the, this, here you, here we have a unique situation where it's not Yayin and Shira, it's rather Lechem Oini and Ania that are the right, that are the, the right vehicle for communicating what, what it is that we feel and we, and we have in, in Pesach. So the Mela we start Holach Ma'anya, before Magid, the Aloch is Ania and Haggadah have to be Dafke, on on uh, on lechem oini, we say we, we, we show the lechem oini, and therefore now we're oinim alav dvarim harbein. That's one point. The next point, and this is a point that Maral speaks about by Riches. Why is it called lechem oini? First of all, secondly, why we associate cheirus and geula. We associate not with Aniyas, but rather with Ashirus. We associate Lechem Oini with, uh, we associate it, 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 as a happy event, as a, as a good event, as, as, as an event of, of Ashirus. Where, where does Aniyas come, become, uh, a part of Cheirus and Geula? So the Moral explains it as follows. He has two drachim. The first drach is the following. Geula means 
when a person is not free, it means that he is part of another mitzvah, not his own. For instance, let's take Kalal Yisrael was part of Mitzrayim. It wasn't the work, it, it was not any particular aspect of, of the, the, when a person has to work, that doesn't mean everybody has to work. It doesn't mean a person is a slave. The slavery is not the work that was done. The low wages, the plenty of low paying jobs, still a person not a slave. The idea is that my existence is not separate from any other existence. It says in the Gemara halachically, Mashakana Evet Kana Rabbi. An Evet has no existence of his own. He doesn't, he, he, he can work, he eats, he, he does everything, but his being is tied up with, with something else. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, a, uh, a big Rav, a big Tzadik can't eat any Truma if he's not a Kayan. An Evet, an Evet Knaini, who may be the lowest of the low, can eat Truma. No one's going to tell me that the Evet Knaini is holier than the big, than the big Rosh Hashiva. The Teret says, but just like, just like a Kayan, just like the, 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 the toe of a Kayan also gets nourishment from the Truma because it's part of Kehuna. He's not, the, the toe of the coin is not separate. It doesn't have to be a holy toe. The coin as a person is the Ish Kaddish. He's a coin and he has a right to Truma. So any part of a coin has a right to Truma. An Evet is in, is a part of the coin. He does not have his own existence. The, 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 so the Pshad and Shibu, the opposite of Chairus is where the thing itself is part and parcel of something else. It has no existence of its own. Kalal Yisrael within Mitzrayim had no existence of its own. It was a total shibud in the sense that it was mitzvahized almost as much as was possible. When a person has wealth, the pshat is like this. On the, there are two ways in which, when a person has, has money. So there are two ways in which a person can have it. A person can, can have money at his disposal to do as he wishes. That's one way of, of Ashiras. The second way of, of, of Ashiras is, he has, he, he has the money that he must have in order to live on. It, he's tied up, his existence is tied up with the money. Take away the money from him, he doesn't, he's not missing the power to do a hundred dollars worth of activities. He's missing a part of himself. The person who's, who's gotten, a person who's gotten accustomed to uh, a person who's gotten accustomed to a car, so he doesn't own the car. He, he, he a car became his his own mitzias is, is is partly caught up with the car. He's missing half. It's half of his own mitzias is gone when you take the car away. He can't walk down the block. It's not that a car enables him to go a few more hundred miles than he would on, on foot. He's missing part of his own mitzias if he doesn't have the car. Reb Chaim once said a shmuz. He said that. A Baal Habayis in, in Yiddish, it's, it's a Hebrew word borrowed for Yiddish, means someone, literally it means someone who owns a house. And it, in, it's, uh, it, it refers to colloquially somebody who has a property, he's an established person, a person who's established. So Chaim used to say, people think Baal Habayis means someone who owns a house. The truth is Baal Habayis means someone who the house owns him. And he, he said, he remembers in the wartime Germany, people who had, who didn't have any money ran. 
they, because it was they, they saw the danger coming, they they uh, they had no reason not to run, and they ran. People who were very wealthy, people who had nechasim uh, and so on, hesitated, and many people stayed back because of it. So it wasn't that the money they had gave them an extra um, an extra area with which to function. It became part of their existence. They couldn't move. After, leaving over the money for them meant like leaving over a hand over there. So the pshat is anything which becomes part of my existence to an extent that I can't be without it. To, to an extent where that which, that which is part of, that which I have becomes part of me and takes away from what I am, that is shibud be'etzim. The word lechem oini refers to two things halachically. Halachically, A, lechem oini means to take away, it, it, you, on the Seder night, lechem oini means, on the basic level, lechem oini is that it's, has no, it hasn't risen, it's flat. On, on, on a, that's one halacha, which describes matzah for, for all Pesach round. On the second level, uh, on the Seder night itself, a person is not allowed to eat any matzah that's been baked with honey or with, or, or with uh, anything sweetener, anything which makes it rich matzah. So, so the morale explains the pshat like this. The bread that we had was a bread of oini. The taste of cheres lies in a taste, in tasting something which is itself without any dishes to it. The problem of Kalal Yisrael and Mitzrayim was not that Kalal Yisrael was a Mitzrayim, but that Mitzrayim was in Kalal Yisrael. It had, had Kalal Yisrael been able to keep themselves separate, they, they, totally, they, they wouldn't have, they would not have been in the Gullus. They would have been in Gaish and wherever. The Gullus lay, the Shibud, or, or should I say better yet, Gullus is, is the being not where they should be. The Shibud lay because they had Mitzrayim seep through them. They couldn't walk. Even after they went into the Midbar, they kept crying how much they missed Mitzrayim. They were, they were, it was part and parcel of them. So the Lechem, the Lechem that was their bread, the Lechem was a Lechem Oini, that was the taste of Cheres for them. They could not find, the taste of, of, of Cheres for them meant being able to, to, to live on Lechem alone without any addition. On a simpler level, it means when you don't add honey or sweetener or any embellishment to the bread, you have the bread itself. On a deeper level, it's when you don't even have the rising of the dough. The dough does not have to undergo any transformation for me to be able to live on it. It's, it's, it's lechem as it is without the need for any process to enhance it. So, it, it, it for, and the anius, the, the being with yourself Having yourself and only yourself was the chayrus, was chayrus for Kala Yisrael. It, 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 uh, the Chagav, just to add a point which makes a lot of other things clear. The mitzvah, we have to take the mitzvahs that we have, we have to understand it a, a step more conceptually. A person's existence depends on food. When I ask you, uh, um, in Yiddish, the word chiyuna means parnasa, chiyuna meaning life. What a person eats symbolizes that which keeps him alive. Birth brought him into, made him a living being. Food is what keeps him alive. 
without food he dies, with food he keeps extending. It, it's, it's, I look at food, the, the look at food is that which is the basis for my existence. That when the Torah gives any mitzvahs concerning food, with this mitzvah describes what is the basis on what am I living? What is, what is my, 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 my support? What keeps me going? The, uh, bread is specifically is something which is obviously the inner core of that which keeps me going. So when the Torah specifies a certain bread to be eaten, and only that bread, it means that this is to be the, 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 my, my, the support for my existence. This is what my existence depends on, on, on in this kufa. This is my bread, so to speak. So, so the mitzvah of eating, but when the mitzvah is food, it means it's something which, which, which is touching upon my life in a continuous sense, as opposed to life in, in the creative sense or in the seminal uh, uh, level. And secondly, bread of all the things means this is my bread. This is, this is what I live on Pesach. So when the Torah specifies lechem oini, for Chairus, we have to understand that is the lechem that I have on Pesach. Pesach, my bread is simplicity. That is my Chairus. After a person has that, naturally he can now go on, and, and, and now if he has money, the money becomes, it adds to his existence rather than it tracks from it. For the person who needs nothing to live on, the money that he has is only enhancing his existence, not taking away. If I need the money, I pay off the guy at the border. If I need the money, I, I, I build myself a hiding place. If the money is useless, I dump it out and I run without money. For the person who's, who's able to realize his own existence and go a step further, the Ashirus now becomes real wealth. And that's why uh, on Shavuos, we eat dafk, it's the only time we have a chametz sticker carbon. It's on the back of, on if the, if the Pesach we've established our own existence through Lechem Oini, and we've gotten freedom, now what we have is, is adds to us. Now we can have Lechem Ashirus Mamish. Now we have Ashirus, and it not only doesn't it detract from our existence, it's now adds to our existence. So briefly, to re, to just to recap the points we, we went through. The first point was, why does the Haggadah start with Holach Ma'anya? So the Meral explains, because since the Halacha of Sipot Yes Mitzrayim is Dafka on Matzah, it's Beshosh Matzah Mor Munachal Fanecha, it has to be said, al alha. it's Lechem Oini, Lechem Sha'oinim Alav Dorm Harbe, it's the bread which brings about this Sipur and Haggadah, therefore, it, therefore, we start with Halach Ma'anya to, to, uh, to establish this is the, the matzah, and now we're saying it's yes, Mitzrayim. We spoke, the second point was, why is it called, um, why is bread used over here, rather than wine, which is normally used? For Shira, we use Yayin, and for Aniyah, we use Lechem, and Lechem Oini. Also, what does the term Aniyah mean? What type, what, what quality of speech is Aniyah? As opposed to Dibur, to Amira, to, to, and to Tshuva specifically. So he said, all forms of Dibur are usually where the person asserts himself. This is the person saying what he has to say and making his mark in as much as he does. Aniyah is where I can take my Dibur and, ad- and, and admit to somebody. Aniyah is always where I reply. In other words, Baruch Hashem Hashem 
any, all, all, all the, all the forms where we answer Amen, anytime we, where we admit to that which the other person said, that is called Aniyah. It's the same, it's the same Shairish, it comes from the word Kinua, which is, it, it's the, the Nun Ayin has the same Shairish with answering, um, being Nikhna to someone else. The, uh, it is also associated with the words Anius, Anova, and, and, and Onoi. Meaning all of them are where uh, an establishment of my non-existence. Whether it's Anius, which means I'm poor, I have nothing. It's, it, that's one aspect. Anova, which means I, I, my, my personality is, 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 is not, um, it's, it's, it, does, it's lacking existence, or Aniyah, where I admit to what you're saying. All these are Aniyah. So, while other Yantoivim and other festive occasions were dealing with an event which amplifies Kala Yisrael, elevates Kala Yisrael, brings them... So there, wine and Shira are the, are the proper vehicles, and Pesach itself also has that, which, which we have the Kaisis and, 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 and so on. Here, it's because Pesach also has the element that our very existence we owe after HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Therefore, it's Aniyah on Lechem Oini. On bread, which is a mainstay of existence, rather than wine, which is Misamach of Avenish, and, and brings out in a person a higher form of, 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 of awareness. It's bread, which is the base of existence. The form of speech is Aniyah. And we, that's the second point we spoke about. The third point was the, the idea of Lechem Oini. How is it that on a night of Cheirus, we take Lechem Oini and not, and not Ashirus? And that the morale explains that the first step of Shibud, or not the first step, Shibud means not where someone has a hold over me, but someone has a, a hold in me. Someone, my existence is tied up to someone else's, and I cannot break loose without, without negating my own existence. So the night of Cheirus means the night where specifically I'm able to exist as myself, Without any added uh, condiments, so the lechem of leil of cheirus is a lechem of of of, of oini dafka. It's a lechem. The pshat is my bread today is the simplest bread. That is cheirus. Once a person has cheirus, and once a person exists as by token of what he is, rather than by the token of outside things or embellishments or exterior things, then later sometime he can add to the, to his mitzvahs through ashirus. That's why Shavuot specifically Shavuot once from Matan, from 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 uh, from uh, Pesach we can we can go up and and now at Adrab it's Lechem Ashir it's Lechem Chomet and our Shavuot you bring honey also both elements of Lechem Oini are 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 uh, are on Shavuot you bring Sai Chomet Sticker Mincha and Sai you bring Bikurim which is sweet and honey both elements of Anius. We counterpart it with Ashiris on, we bring a bread that is chametz and, and sweet and honey and stuff like that on, on the... We mentioned yesterday, we spoke about the Indian of Lechem Oini. Why is it called Oini? The aspect of Anius. We explained, the Maral explains that Anius, how, how is it that Anius should come to symbolize Ayrus? So, the, uh, the Maral explains that every Geula, every Shibud, is actually not that the person is beholden to something outside of him, but rather the person's existence is contingent on some factor outside of himself. The fact that in order to exist, he needs his master for an epic or whatever it is, that is the substance of the Shibut. So the first step 
to becoming a nigal, the first step to becoming redeemed or better independent is, a, is the fact that the person can exist with only himself. The, as, as long as the person has to have something else, then he's not, then he's not ben chayrin. So the first bread of chayrus, so to speak, the first food of chayrus is lechem oini. It's the bare minimum that he needs. Then he is himself. After that, the person can follow with Hashirus. So the point of Geula marks a point where the person comes on his own without recourse to anything outside or anything that brings that have the same idea with them. Pesach is the first month. The month specifically of Nisan is designated the same month that is, that is designated as the month of Cheres is given a special standing in Halacha that it's Rosh Chadashim. It, it must be the first month of the Hebrew calendar year is Nisan. What it means in these terms is anything that follows something else means that the cause lies within something that precedes the event. For instance, let's say somebody, let's say uh, I taught somebody how to do something. Even if he improves it and develops his own system and so on and so forth, the germ of the idea, the point that, that was there was my idea. And he's amplified it, ramified it, reworked it, reshaped it. But some part of, of, that, of those ideas that he has are still not his, they're mine. The difference between being first, where it's totally yours, and what you have is yours, to being, to, to, to being a continuation, is the difference if what you have is yours, or it's still... Uh, for instance, the United States got its independence. But the fact that, that its independence follows a series... It, it was tied up with England. It was part of, of, of uh, it had a lot come with England, means that we still carry over some, some things that are English. We have, uh, we have the, a language, we have a certain similarity of thought. A person is always dependent, part of him is that which preceded him, a child or a father and so on. By marking Nisan as the first month, that means that in as much as possible, the events in Pesach were not a continuation to Mitzrayim, but rather a new break, a new beginning. The same difference, for instance, Canada, which never really had a, re a revolution, still has, has more vestiges of, of England left in it, because there was no clear break with the, with the process. It was a slow movement away. The sharper the break is, the way in which we label it on a number system is when you push the counter to zero and you start to one, it means you're starting anew. You're not a continuation of that which was there before, but it's something that it's, it's coming to its own. So the first, the month of Nisan is a month which is called Rosh Chadashim. It's a beginning. It's not a continuation of anything, but rather a beginning. And that is the time that's appropriate to be the time of Geula. It's a halacha. Nisan must be the first month. It's counted as first month. And uh, uh, and, and the pshat is that that month is the month of Geula. The, the, the ideas are correlate. That's one point that is to be understood with the same idea of Geula being a coming into your own without depending on something outside of you. Second, and this is a little this is a this is a little bit deeper along the same line. When we say that matzah was done very quickly, no time was allowed to elapse. 
You went out quickly and the bread did not have time to rise. Anything which is a process requires time. Anything which is a step-by-step process. For A to get to Z, the, the minute it's a step-by-step progression, that is when you have the element of time. This is before and this is after. This caused and this came as a result. The idea of cause and effect, where things are not cause and effect, where things are simultaneous, then you don't, in time, the word simultaneous means these are not cause and effect. I cannot say that A and B are cause and effect if they come around at the same time. So the element within, in other words, we describe cause and effect and we understand it and feel it by the element of time that's involved. Therefore, the chipazoin of coming out of Mitzrayim wasn't quickly just in the sense it should be as quickly as possible. It was to remove the element of time. In other words, the more time it took, had the element of time been evolved, involved, it would have meant that Kalad Yisrael gradually evolved from Mitzrayim. There was a certain process, they, and therefore, if, even if they're independent now, but it means they're, they're a continuation of Mitzrayim, a refinement of Mitzrayim, a, 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 a step further than Mitzrayim, but they still would be linked with Mitzrayim. The way in which we describe something that is, it, 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 the fact that, the, that there was no time involved, it was Bechipazan, it came about, that means that it's, it's not a result of the, of the Golos of Mitzrayim or the Shibu of Mitzrayim, but rather it's in spite of the fact. It had nothing to do with it. It's an event, it's, it's as if there'd be a Bria Yesh Me'ayim. Just like when we speak of creation from nothing, we understand that no time existed beforehand. There was nothing before and now there's something. There's something that's now does not relate to the nothing before. The fact that you remove time means that the Kalal coming out of Mitzrayim is an event that stands in its own significance and is not a continuation of the Shibu de Mitzrayim. It's a, it's, 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 it's a new birth. It's not, it is totally unrelated to the, to, to the events of Mitzrayim. So the idea of Chippaz and the Maral says is also like that. It's not only to do it quickly, Bezrizus, it means that to re, if you have an element of time, it means it's a step-by-step, it's a process, it's somewhat evolutionary, and, and there is a link left even now. You can never get rid of a link that, that if your parents gave birth to you, that means you always carry some part of you which is your parent. There's no way you can get it out of it. Anything that's cause and effect, you always bear some remnant of, of the cause that created you. The removing of time, the not allowing time to play any role in the going out of Mitzrayim, is, is meant to remove in as much as possible that any link between Mitzrayim to Klal Yisrael in, in, uh, in, uh, the, uh, in Mitzrayim. It was a, it was, it was, it was a birth of Klal Yisrael, not, not the freeing of Klal Yisrael. That's the point. They did not free Klal Yisrael from Mitzrayim, but rather gave birth to Klal Yisrael. That's a second point that is also part of this idea that Geula represents a total beginning of your own without having extraneous elements inside of you. There's one more thing that the morale explains with this, and uh, a minute Yisrael. Okay? We said before that any, in order for a person, the, when the, in order for riches, wealth, means to be at the disposal of a person, rather than being what keeps the person going, 
instead of being a cause for the person, it becomes the extension of the person. The question is, can the person be without it, or must he have it? Whatever person has at birth is him. Because obviously, the way he's born, he can survive that way. Clothing is something that makes him more comfortable, protects him against certain hostile elements. But a person is a person without the clothing. A hand and a foot, he's missing something of that. Because what, the way you are when you start, that is you. Anything added to it is, is an adornment on top of it. So, so therefore, Pesach, which represented the Yontem of Yisrael's beginning, is where the bread is a bread of oini, it's lechem oini. It, it's as simple as possible because if we start off with more than we are, that means that we're dependent on that rather than, than, than uh, that is at our disposal. In the Beis HaMikdash, you had a very interesting setup. The Kayin Gadol, the high priest, wore gold and diamond clothing. Most of the clothes, the clothes symbolized prestige and richness to, to the degree that we're capable of making it. It was made of the finest materials in the finest way, which obviously symbolized the ability for Kedusha, the ability for, for that which is divine, to make use of everything in the Bria. He's the one who, who, who can wear and, and make use of the gold and diamond properly. Once a year, in one place, the Kaingal had to wear only white clothing like a Kaingal. And that's on your kippah in the Kaidish Akadashim. It's sort of, in, in other words, if, if we're equating it, the Kaidish Akadashim is where it starts from. This is where the Shekhinah is, and the Kayan going inside, this is where the Kayan starts. He goes outside and makes use of everything outside. So the step that's beginning is as plain as possible. The Kain Gadol, Lefnail of Nim, is a big day lovin. That's where the Kain Gadol is. When he comes outside, now he can put, once he's been inside in big day lovin, now he comes outside and he, and he can wear gold, diamond, and so on and so forth. It's a minig of Kalayishol to wear kittel on the Seder night. All, all year round, Yantiv, we wear rich begadim, lavish begadim. Yantiv is, is, is a time we dress up nicely. Except for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur and some, some places in the middle of Rosh Hashanah, where obviously we're, we're standing in front of a, a situation of life and death, then it's not a pro, it's appropriate to be only white clothing. There's the one day a year, besides Yom Kippur, or Rosh Hashanah for those that are naive, that we wear a kittel is at the Seder. A minhig, it's, it's the other way around. A halacha is something which one is required to do. A minhig is something that arises out of a, an emotional feeling about the spirit of the moment. So, for some people, felt it was proper big day loving. Some people felt that because it's yontiv, it's still not proper. Even though there might be an aspect which this yontiv might... The question is to find, for those who did adapt the meaning, out of what type of feeling did it arise, rather than why other people didn't, didn't uh, adapt. But if the kittle was, was a minhag, why, yeah. why... It's a minhag that arose. A kittle is a minhag that... And those communities that arose, the symbolism... And the Maral says, it's like the Kangal walking in the kittle of Nile of Nim, because there's an aspect to Pesach, which has carries that same element of, of beginning, of start. When the, just like the Lechem Oini is your bread tonight, it's the kittle that's your clothing. So, it's not a halacha, it's just a minhag. It's just a minhag, and, and it's appropriate, and, and the, usually in a minhag, the question is not why everybody didn't adapt it, the question is usually what source does it have for those people to do. Uh, okay, so that's the idea, this is the idea of Oini that we spoke about. So just briefly, 
the reason the, 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 the core of the morale's explanation is why Aini is associated, why poverty, so to speak, is, or simplicity would be a better word, is associated with Geula, with Chayrus, he explains because every Shibud is because the person is dependent on elements and the person, it does not stand on his own. It's when he's able of standing on his own without anything extraneous, that is when he's a free man. So therefore, the first step in Chayrus is that one get rid of anything excess. For the person that Lechem Oini, that he can live on the barest of Lechem, now anything that comes on top of that, it's within the person is the one who's making use of it, rather than being, than, than being a dependent and addicted to it. Okay, that, that's these elements. Now, the next, after Halach Ma'anya, Derech Agav, we, Halach Ma'anya concludes its three parts. We have, we declare that this is the, the bread. We invite anybody who's hungry. And we say, L'shan Abol Ba'ari Yisrael, L'shan Abol Nechayim. Ha'ashat Ha'ashat Abol Nechayim. There's interesting Goyen. The Goyen says, from the wording over here, it's, it appears that first we'll be going into Israel, and only then will people become free people. In other words, the, the, the Chazar, the truth of Kalal Yisrael is something that will happen after we have Eretz Yisrael. That's what the Goyen says, Nagada, and he bases it on a Pasik. The Pasik says, Tzion b'mishpatipada b'shavar b'tzdaka. So first there'll be Tzion b'mishpatipada n'shavar. So there's an element that after having Eretz Yisrael, now there's a time of, of when, when, when the people who are not, who are uh, in bondage, even though they might be in Israel, that is when they'll become, that is when they become liberated. It's an interesting point. Okay, the next quote, the halacha is the next, we start with Manishtana. Please, yeah. I have one question. Yes. Uh, I've noticed that the first, about 60% of halakmanya is in Aramaic. Right. right. I've never understood why? I know that there's some significance. Yeah, I've, I've never understood. <laughs> because this is actually, in other words, this is the Balabayas relating to his people rather than us quoting sources. In other words, the, 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 the Haggadah is initiated by the person, since Aramaic is, is, was the common tongue, was the vernacular. So this is the people saying, the person saying, this is this and this. Now we're going to recite what's written about it. It's, it's, this is where the person says what he has to say, and now he quotes sources to support and to, and to, and to explain what he's saying. From the Hebrew. Right. There's another reason, a lot of reasons. Well, another reason is, this is talking about very early sources. Uh, uh, another reason is because since you're inviting hungry people from outside, so you're, you're speaking in a language which they for sure know. If you're not inviting Goyim. Fine, but, but Jews were also, this became, this was the vernacular of Jews, yes. Aramaic, yeah. But all, you see, the, the Aramaic, the Goyim can understand, and also the Jews can understand. Right. So why, but the Hebrew, only the Jews can understand. The Aramaic, there were a lot, there were Jews who could not, who, whose knowledge of Hebrew slipped over the years. This is, this is, the Ramah writes this about Davani. The, the, the Hebrew had become a forgotten tongue in parts of Israel. As early as this is, this is at least going back a thousand years because the Gaonim speak about it. This is, this, you're talking about ninth century commentaries who, who mention this fact. CE ninth century CE. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And from Babylon. Yeah, ba- Babylon and and and, the, and those groups that had spread out from there, Iraq. This was also yeah. This was, it was the same. It's the same basic geography. So, so the first sixty percent is in 
Aramaic. Yeah, they, they all, every Jew will understand. Exactly. And then the other forty, the last little the bit, last the Shana right. Ba'ah. That, in other words, Hebrew the, quoting um, Tanakh. It's more than quoting. The Shana Ba'ah is... Today we're in a situation where not only we're bonded, but our tongue is also not ours. In other words, we're now speaking from a vantage point of a, in a situation where in another area we have, we have another language. Next year we will be uh, three people. So it's appropriate that the free person means we will have our language also. And finally, where yeah. does the Aramaic actually end? It actually ends right by the Shana means this year, this time. This is the only Hebrew language. Right, this is the only Hebrew phrase. The only these four words are Hebrew, right. the rest of it is Aramaic. Right, and it's significant to coming to Israel and, and, and people being redeemed on a spiritual level also means that they now have their tongue back also. They're relating to Lashon HaKadosh. Okay. We start with Manashtana, and it's a halacha. The halacha is that if a person recites all night long, he's not Yaitzah, unless he asks it with question and answer. You either have a child asking it, if a child, if there's no child, it says someone else, your wife, someone else, or you ask yourself. And the question is, why? In other words, why isn't relating the information enough? Mela, a child, if you have a child, so you want the child to be involved, you have him ask the questions. But you see that it's not only a, a, uh, it's not only a, a device for getting the child involved, but the other way around. Sipur, the Sipur, it says, is through the form of question and answer. The question is why. So, Ram has two points about it. First, one point he says is the following. Knowledge starts with empirical facts and, 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 and then works its way up to the theory. In other words, Every knowledge, he says, starts with things that I sense, and, and I build an understanding on top of those things that I sense. So I first start by relating to the physical items that I notice. The differences, where are the physical differences tonight? And now I understand the explanation. Any explanation that's built, for instance, if you had never seen a car in your life, and I explained it to you from day till tomorrow, unless I gave you a very vivid picture by painting with words, you would be lacking, if you see the thing and you feel it, and, 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 and you're, uh, you get a feel of it, now you can begin to understand some, something of, of the understanding of it. So therefore, since true understanding starts, when his, his Lashon is, Minamur Goshes Elamuskolais, from that which is felt to that which is understood. It starts with things, with facts, and in these facts, I can now begin, I can now, and he says, this is the reason or the system behind all mitzvahs. Until a person doesn't do a mitzvah physically, his understanding doesn't start. The understanding of a mitzvah starts when I get a feel of it, now I can begin to understand something. Until then, it's abstract theory. It's removed from, re- from understanding of, of a real type. It's, it's, it's theoretical type of understanding. So therefore, mitzvahs are all a type of... Uh, Mitzvahs are, are a type of uh, event that mitzvahs are all physical entities which spark in the person the beginning of understanding. The Rambam, a lot of people make this mistake. The Rambam says that mitzvahs are all to, to educate a person and to teach him the meaning behind the mitzvahs. Which gives one, which gave a lot of people the excuse of, of thinking that the Rambam meant someone who's smart enough doesn't have to do any mitzvahs. The answer is there is no there is no level of smartness that 
you might be able to have the theory better. You, a person's understanding begins with his feel, with his, with his relating physically to something, and then uh, the type of understanding that comes from having the physical feel of it, a mix of honesty. You can talk about honesty all day long until you don't have to sacrifice the dollar of your own because because honestly you might not, you know, it might be wrong to take it. You don't feel honesty yet. You 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 know about it. You think about it, but you don't have it. So since mitzvahs begin with the understanding, with the physical feeling of it, and we work our way to understand. That's one explanation. He says in another place. He says another understanding of it. If I tell you something. The reason why it goes into one ear and goes out the other ear is because it's excess. I mean, I know everything, or everything that I feel like knowing. Anything that, that drips in, drips out, because there's no... Put it this way, it's not, there's nothing waiting to be filled. That's, if you want to look at it metaphorically. It's, it's like putting on this table of water. Put water on this table, it'll glitch off. It'll, it'll just go off because the plastic is smooth, there are no ridges, there's nothing in it to keep it. If I make a little hole or a ridge in the table, the water stays there, it pulls up. The re- the, when a person asks a question, that means he's created a little gap. I don't, I am missing four units, a certain amount, a, a certain amount of information is, I'm missing. That, that, that automatic, it creates the area that the answer should fill. It's now, it's not, it's not just a, a, a speech that someone is telling me, it's an answer to a question that I've asked. There is a type of, uh, I, I don't know if it's how, I don't know how much it's used today, but there's a type of learning that I think is called programmed learning, where, studying, where you, you had a, a, a question sheet, and you had to, a progressive questions, you have to try to work out the answers, before, in other words, it was a textbook built, not on long chapters with questions at the end, but almost all of it is built on questions, and if you can't figure it out, you look up the answer and go back again, or whatever. What it meant was that you created, how does this work, starts. Now, now your mind is set to get an answer because it realizes where it's missing that information. So therefore, simply, it's just trying to, so that it become part of the person, and not just something else tagged onto him, requires the creation of a gap within the person, the creation of a, of a, uh, of, of, of an of a, of a, of a, uh, area waiting to be filled, and now the super has where to hold on to. Is this the explanation for last reason that we gave? Once a person does a mice, it like creates in him like a certain question um, of what this is? No, the, the, the reason for that is because being the person is physical, so the person doesn't exist only as a mind. Our, our perceptions are perceptions of body and mind together. Since that's a person, even his perceptions are the two together. So that's in the learning process. Here, it's, it's in the in the, in, in it becoming part of the person. The, the the question is something. Both of them serve to make the knowledge more real, but through different ways. One of them is because the person is physical. He wants to see it in, in, in terms that he can see, feel a picture, a diagram, a, a, a real example. And the second point is the person has to feel where he's missing this knowledge, and now it's waiting to be filled up. Those are the. Uh, and the third piece is that the person has to know that if the knowledge that he has, if, that if the knowledge which he has is incorrect, yeah. he has to know why the knowledge which he has is incorrect. That was the other side of program learning. Yeah. In other words, he would see why he got it wrong. That's and so you know, it's very interesting that I find that Jewish learning is very much like program learning. Yeah. And 
most of my, almost all of my education in the Goetia educational system yeah. was not program learning. Only a very small part of it was, but it was by far the most effective method of learning. And the yeah. Jewish way of learning, I find, is program learning. They say, there's a, there's a, they say that the Torah of Alper, which is so, sort of our end of Torah, starts with a question. The first mission is Me'emosai, from when? You see, the, 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 uh, the mission that doesn't start, the Gemara asks, where is the Mishnah coming from? They ask a question, you have to have something here before. But the first, in those Torah Shabbat Pest starts with a question. Information we were given, Torah Shabbat Pest is, is, is flat information. Now, to, for us to start debating, to start, to start finding the, where we need either Masoris or, or, or Machlaikis, it starts with a question with Mamasai. That's the beginning. The Gemara is very common. In Mishnayis, it's much, usually starts with a fact, and then, and then there might be Ketzad or whatever. The The what? The Sachin. The Mishnah also, there's a question in the first Mishnah. Um, right, it says, Oliu Dalit Boitkin. The next line. Oh, no, that, that already is different. The, the Mishnah is, is that's, that's a common structure. But to start with a question when you haven't, I mean, it, it also, it's, it's the obvious link to Tarsha Bixaf. I mean, if you're coming with a question, obviously the other half is, is something else. The, the link is very obvious. You're, you're a commentary on something. Okay, so those are the two reasons why we have... Uh, those are the two reasons why we have it in question and answer form. The, the guy says a very interesting point, a very uh, deep point. He, can, he starts off with a grammatical comment. The word Lila in Hebrew is feminine, obviously. It's, 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 it's Leilot, the, the hey ending, Leilot, as opposed to Yom and, and uh, Yomim. The word that should, the article that should be used for, for Leilot is Zeus. Leilot Zot is the right form and not Hazer. Why, why is the word Hazer the, the, the used instead of Zeus? Why is the masculine uh, uh, form of Zer rather than Zeus? Is this the only time in the in all of Hebrew language that this happens? When it does happen, it it, it requires an explanation. In some places, in a Chumash, it, it almost always there's a Masoris on which forms are the uncommon form. These are the forms that the Gemara usually finds a drush and understanding. The, and, and and this is especially masculine, feminine. Some 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 words have both genders. Not uh, Lila is not, and to the best of my knowledge, not. Can you give me an example of only one other only one other example? Where do you see Halayla Hazay anywhere else? I'm not aware of 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 the. Uh, I'm not in poetic form. In other words, it's, literature came much later. Piyut, it's quite common. The Leil Zayif Piyun. Leil, when it's a Leil form, it can be used as a as as. You know, Lila can drop the hay at times and get Leil. It's not it's not it's not incorrect in poetic Hebrew, but. It's not. Ba- I mean, the going doesn't base it only on this. What the going is saying is not based only on the grammatical comment. It's, 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 a, it's a catch point. But the going says eventually, every there is no mitzvah in the Torah which is specifically done at night. All mitzvahs are either done also at night, or they are done only during the day. There is. There are no mitzvahs that are at night only mitzvahs. Uh, Sukkot is all of Sukkot, so it includes the nights also. Lulav, Shefa is the day. Your Kippur, you fast all the day, so it's night also. But there is nothing. Kriyashma is in the day and the night. Uh, Karbanis are almost all in the day. At night, you can only. There is nothing else that is done 
in the at night specific mitzvahs except for this night. The uh, so he says the question now, or but generally speaking, it's also that way physically. The daytime is generally speaking the active that that is when the world is moving, dynamic construction, building, doing. Nighttime is resting, withdrawn. It, 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 you, at night, you, you, you're, you're, you have what you gather during the day. The normal period of activity, the active period is the day, the passive period is the night. Uh, male and female form are usually also like that. The male is always taking the, the husband, the, the, the man is seen as being working in the field, the wife is in the house. There's, there seems to be the one night a year where, where the Lila becomes a day. Where the Lila turns into a yom is based on night. Halal. Halal is something that's by its name. The Gemara said, the Gemara dashes halal specifically must be said in the day only. The one day a year that we say halal is at night. And there's a Pasuk, the Pasuk says, Lila kayom toyer. You shall light up the night like the day. In other words, that the, 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 uh, it, it's one night where Akadosh Baruch Hu came out and did an act which was a daytime act. So to speak, it's a night that turned into a day. It's it's an, a period of time which became the most active part of Claudius's. Uh, in, in, in other words, this was the 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 Claudius's birth was at this time. So therefore, the question is, how is it that this? Why is this night different than other nights? We're not speaking about side ancillary aspects. Some nights you watch TV, some nights you go out to movie. Tonight we're sitting around the table and with the, with the gladys over here. Why is this the, a night of mitzvah and action rather than, than, than a passive night? And that's why he says the male form is used because this night is, so to speak, uh, a male night. And the reason is, again, anything that happens during the day, is, is, it's an ongoing process. It's something that's an, it's within the normal framework of activity. Something that happens at night is a new, it's a new beginning. The, there was nothing, the night was passive, was dead. That's why the world is described, when we speak of the days of creation, of creating Yesh Me'ayan, we say, There was night and day. Night symbolizes, there was, in other words, a break, zero, darkness, inactivity, something begins. So therefore, Pesach night, the Geula of, of Pesach night starts at night, and it's a night that became a day. It's a night that, that became a, a night full of mitzvahs. Um, we spoke yesterday about the Manishtana, about the Kshailas, and the reason why you need Shailas, Dafka Shailas, Dach Shailas, There's another point that the Goyen, the Goyen mentions, and we'll speak about it later, Mr. Shem. It's Kedai to note. There, the number four that keeps recurring. We have four Shilas, four Bonim, four Kaisis, four Lashon Yitzhagula. The word, the, the number four is very significant constantly. The Goyen says that one is connected to the other. In other words, you have, uh, four Shilas connected to four Bonim, connected to four Kaisis, connected to four Lashon Yitzhagula. So, uh, it, it, that itself, the Goyen is four. We have four Kushis, four Bonim, four Kaisis, four Lashon Yitzhagula. Um, we'll speak about it with some later, when maybe by the bottom or maybe by the crisis, I'm not sure. Um, okay, the the mitzvah of after after the ben has asked the shilas, the now the the, the we start with the mitzvah sequence, 
The halacha is that nascho be genus, you have to start with genus, you start with what happened bad, and then you work your way to what, what was okay, what happened good. And it's a machlek, it's only what genus are we looking for. There's a machlek in Gemara whether we should start with but either of them, the pattern has to be we have to start with genus and and work our way to uh, to the shvach from the genus. And Shiloh, why? As we saw yesterday, we saw why the, why it has to be listed in Shiloh tshuva form. Why does the tshuva have to start with genus and work its way to shvach? So the Maral says one pshat in the following. What we're looking for in Sipri Tzitz Mitzrayim is not the event that happened, but rather the, the Hashkoch involved. Hashkoch specifically means the direction. When, when something is, uh, if I say that, uh, let's say, let's give a push to Marshall. If I say that if I, since I drink milk every day, I'm a healthy person, it's, and, I'm, and I'm a healthy person, it's a riot that milk is good for you, that's, that, that riot is meaningless. The place where I notice the effect of something is in the contrast to what was before. I, I don't really notice if someone were to tell me, if a Martian were to come to the earth and I was to tell them that I have a machine that makes water flow downhill. So I will let's see what goes without the machine. The shvach of, the, the, the finding of hashkacha in any event in history is where you have the hashkacha contrasted with the, with, with what was without it. So the shvach is not really a shvach until we don't have the gnus beforehand. If we see where Kalaniz was beforehand and where they came after the gula, we now see the gula as the act of, of, of a mechuvin, as a mechuvinic act, as an act of ashkocha, rather than just a colossal event without, if, if, if a tremendous earthquake happens, we, don't, we fail to see hashkocha in it, even though it's a colossal event, because what was before and what was after. The fact that there is no shinri from the before and after, so the event is not meaningful in showing anything. The, the earth tremors, but nothing, everything remained the same before and after. Even a physical it was destruction. So the way in which to portray shvach, the way in which to give over the right touch, or the right understanding of, of, of hashkach in shvach, is by starting with gnus and continuing with shvach. That's one pshat that he has. There's another pshat. And this is a little, this is a little deeper. The world is created. Olam Haza is an oifin that anything that you start with is not really a milo. For instance, I tell you, this person is a, is a, is an esteemable person. He's a very chasher person. So I ask you, why is he so chasher? I'll tell you, he has a mind of an Einstein, the musical talent of, of, uh, who knows what. Good. But that's not chasa. That, that's a man with a lot of talent or potential. The chashivus is always, since this world is a world of change, since this world is a world where a person has to act upon something, the chashivus lies not in what you are, but what became of you. The small, the person who is born with much less talent and works his way into, and works his way to becoming more chashiv, is a lot more chashev than the person that is born with a lot of talent. The world as a whole is set up in a way in which things start from one point and, and the world is made to develop 
to develop. It's a world that, that's why the Bria is a Bria of, it starts with Tayhu and Vayhu, and then it becomes an earth with, with everything organized. It starts with Chayshuk, and then it becomes Oyer, of and Vayker. The pattern of the world as a whole is the, the, the taking of something that, that doesn't exist or is, uh, or is only potential and bringing out and fulfilling it and, and, and sort of super, you know, when we're trying to describe Kalal Yisrael's Maila or Akarish Baruch's Maila, which he instilled in Kalal Yisrael, by describing it in terms of Shvach alone, there is no Shvach. Saying that Kalal Yisrael is very Chashiv, says nothing, uh, if Akarish Baruch created Kalal Yisrael extremely Chashiv, Kalal Yisrael would not be Chashiv. The Chashivas is that we started with Genus, either Avadazara Avdus, and we turned into, into, uh, Torah or whatever. And the pattern is a consistent pattern. That's why uh, the Maral says we have Toyu and Vayu. And it, 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 we have 2,000 years of Toyu, which is without Torah. And then we have Torah. Because if Torah was to be given straight off, then we don't, that, then we don't have the Chashivas of Torah. So we're starting with Torah. Torah is something which we have to, Start with zero, and then we have a Torah which 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 is giving a certain order and direction within this within this nothingness. So the the, the chshivas of the world lies not in the chshivas of the thing, but in the but in but in the way in which the thing has developed itself. So the the sipur of the shvach of the of leil mitzrayim is the sipur of the gnus becoming shvach. It's, uh, uh, writes about it and he, and he makes a very interesting comment. He says, in this pattern of when we're talking about 2,000 years of Toihu and 2,000 years of, uh, 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 of Torah, so the 2,000 years of Toihu is what's called the Gnus of the world. The, then the, the Torah aspect is the, is the, is the Shvach of the world. The transition of that, it says, it, uh, it, the Asara Mamorim are, this, are what the world was created with. Asara Sadibris is what Torah was given with. The Asara, the, 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 the ten Makis, the Asara Makis are the transition from one to the other. So the Pshat is, Pesach is the Yontiv and the night of Masul Bignus and Messiah Bishvach. Pesach Bignus, it's, it's both together. It's where I see the junction and connection between the before and after. The, the, the tkufa of the world before Yitzhak Mitzrayim was Kulay Gnus. Avedezara, Akash Prochot, not being Megala himself, Hester, Kaisol, Avodim. Matan Torah is Kulay Shvach. There has to be a point that connects the two. So the Mahus of, 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 of Sipi Yitzhak Mitzrayim is the Psichal, it's the starting of the Gnai and the finishing with the, with the, with the Shvach. He also adds, adds a very nice point that in the way we present the material itself, you also have it like that. The fact that you start with a question, the fact that you have to do it there, Shaila Shuva, it explains along the same lines. The Shaila shows you the nothingness before the Shuva. Yesterday we spoke about the idea where Shaila makes room in your mind to be able to understand the Shuva. It gives you a place that you have to relate to. I have to fill this missing information. The way in which I have to present the information is on a, uh, is on a background of nothingness. 
this is not ununderstandable, this is not understandable, this is not, this is not. Now, in, in other words, it, it, the same, just as Amal says, Toihu, which is, which Rashi explains is emptiness. It, it, and then you have Taira to fill the void. The, the, the way in which the world presents itself is a void with something filling a void. In that same way, the question, that's the question and answers. The question, so to speak, creates a void. And the answers are, are, uh, are the, what's filled the void. So the, the, the way in which we, the, the, uh, the, here we have another reason, another understanding of the Shaila and Shuva nature of, 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 that is the way, that is the counterpart that is parallel to the, to starting with Ignai and finishing with Shvach. We start with what we're missing, that's the Toihu, and then we fill it up with a Teres. So the question and answers also have that, L, that aspect of, of Matzchil and Bignus and, and you finish with, uh, with Shvach. Yeah. The what? Yeah, Yetzirah Mitzrayim is where, from a point of a zero understanding of Akkadish Baruch Hu, we're able, we, we pivot, we swing around, and now we're heading in the direction of a total revelation. But the total revelation could only be on the, there's a, there's a Lush used a lot in, in, uh, it's a, it's a Lush of Rezaya, but it's, it's a, it's a constant, uh, it's called, there is no light except for that which comes from darkness. So, Pashtas, we understand it. I mean, on a simple level, it means we don't appreciate light unless we were in the darkness before. That's a, a, a simple psychological understanding. A person doesn't, doesn't appreciate a gift unless he has, unless he has something, unless he was missing it before him. But it, it's deeper than that. Anything that we start off with for granted, we don't, we, we, we can't relate to it as a numetzius. For instance, uh, I define everything I define by, by the fact that I'm lacking it. Uh, the word light means something, you know, something without which I cannot read. If reading was something that could not be stopped by anything, I could not really, the word, the word light wouldn't mean anything. Just like, for instance, since a person can smell always, since there's nothing really, there's no situation where he can't smell unless the nose is stuffed up. So we don't have a counterpart for the medium that allows us to smell. We don't, uh, some, somebody once, uh, someone once asked the question, this is one of the, the, somewhere, they wrote and asked me, how come we can see through glass? What, what's the reason? A scientific reason why you can see. And the answer was because there's no reason that we can't see. We can't, we can't define anything only in the terms of its, of its negative aspect. Something that we can't, we cannot understand, it's not existing, there's no way in which we can, we can, we, we can define it. We can define everything in terms of, 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 of its lack. It's a much deeper idea than just the fact in other words, the first, the first understanding of lesson of Hura El Dafiko Migoy is that to appreciate light, you must have its lack. But, but you don't, uh, but to, but the truth is on a much deeper level, we can grasp things only by contrasting it to its negative. Something that has no negative does not have really any way in which, in which I can grasp its positive. So if I want to appreciate anything, 
if I want to, more than just appreciate, if I want to be able to, to, to understand something as an, as a Metzius, I don't, I must first see what it's like without it. I must be able to define it. So the world has in it Taihu, the world has in it a period of time before Taira was given, so that we can understand a world without Taira. And now Taira has a definition by defining it by its lack. However, when I, when, when, the, if were Taira to be part and parcel of the world, in the same way in which nature is, there'd be no way in which I could define it. There's no way in which I can say what Taira is, if it's never lacking. It's like the laws of nature. Uh, these are phenomena that I see that, that I can group together and describe a system. But I really don't relate to the laws of nature as an entity because there's no way in which we can understand without those laws. The first time you see somebody weightless is when you begin to picture gravity as a force. You don't picture, uh, in other words, if gravity were intrinsic to everything, if everything had the same properties of gravity, gravity would be a meaningless entity to us. It's, it, 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 it's once we see it as, there, it could be without it, that's where I have it. So the concept of not having any light unless there's darkness means everything defines itself by its lack. So therefore, to get to understand Sipur, to understand, to understand Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, I have to understand not Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. I have to understand what it's like not to have those qualities. And then, and then I, on, on that background, now these qualities have some meaning. Okay. So, so that's the Pshat, why it must go through, it must go, uh, it must go through a process of question and answer. It's another reason, a deeper reason, and why it's Gnus and Shvach. It's because we, def we correctly define everything when we say, when we say to define something, describe something, the word describe literally means make a line around it. It, 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 it. When you describe something, or define means make it finite. Give it a line. If nothing's excluded, I can't define it. How does one define the universe? You can't define the universe because, because I can't define non-universe. If I mean universe to include everything, there's no description for it. It's, it's, there's no way in which I can define something that... It, the word define means put a border around it. Which necessarily means show me where it's not. Right. We're talking about where we came from. In other words, this is what it's like when a person is not is is is, is not a full human being, and this is what it's like when he is a human being. Whether it's on a physical level of avodah you know, the fire Mitzrayim, or whether it's on a level of of uh, of of ruchnius. Such as we define our our uh, even when we make brachas on Torah each each time when we when we make when we get up to make a bracha on Torah we we our bracha is by defining our relationship to Torah as opposed to other people we make a bracha he who has chosen us from other nations to have Torah because for us we always related to it. And our distinction, the way in which we describe Torah, is by by uh, showing a contrast, by showing a certain element of contrast. There's a there's a the Maral says this, and another point in another place, just to remind myself, he says it by uh, the reason why Shulchan Shabbos starts with the Issa Yitziah. The first mission in Shabbos in in, in Gemara Shabbos in Mishnayos starts with laws related to Hitzel Vachnasa. With laws of carrying on Shabbos. 
And the question is, this doesn't seem to be any logical reason why I should stop at that. So the Manal says, I, ex I define something by showing the point at which it's unique that other things don't have the same property. So he said, since all Malachis do have a common denominator with Yantiv, except for Hoytzah, so we pick specifically something that defines Shabbos as opposed to all other Yantivim. It's Shabbos versus other Mo'adim. That's why that's what it starts with. Okay, so we start like this. We start, the answer starts with the following. We start, Avodim Ayinu Lepara B'Mitzrayim. We were slaves to Parah Mitzrayim. HaKadosh took us out with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. If HaKadosh would not have taken us out, we still would have remained uh, slaves. So, two points. The first point is the repetition. In other words, it says HaKadosh has taken us out with a strong hand and an outstretched hand. The question is, what, in other words, what's the double lesson? There is Yod Chazaka and Zroya Netuya. These are two, uh, it's not only there for uh, purpose of, of, of poetry, just each one is describing another aspect of Geula. So he says the following. The uh, Yod Chazaka means a strong hand. Zroya Netuya, an outstretched hand, means duration. In other words, ongoing. It's stretched out means it, it keeps, it's still there. In other words, it, it's continuity. So the Pshat in Mitzrayim, we were given a promise that we'd never go back again to the situation that we were in Mitzrayim. There was a certain finality. There were a lot of other Golosim afterwards. But never did we have a situation where we were uh, made into a non-people again. The same situation where we almost completely disappeared into another nation is something that never again recurred. It, 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 um, it, it says you will never see Mitzrayim again. That means not only physically. Physically, a, a person can. It's a, it's a lab. Obviously, a person has the choice. But it means the same setup that we have. Of, of being that type of gullus where we were for all practical purposes completely uh, uh, submersed in, in Mitzrayim, submerged in Mitzrayim, that will never repeat again. So it's, first of all, it's a strong geula. It's something that needed an ultimate of strength to extricate Kalayusa from such a deep gullus. And it remained outstretched. The hand is always, is uh, it says that, that, uh, Reb Akiva was once asked by a heretic, if I, how could I give you all the, keep, give you all the, uh, the persecution that you're going through? And he answered him, which means the hand is still outstretched. The preservation of Kalal Yisrael, the fact that Kalal Yisrael is preserved, that means it's, there was still an aspect of Geula that is ongoing constantly. That's one explanation. There's another explanation. It's the same point, but just to, when, when a person wants to, when I want to grab something, I do two things. I'm, I schlep it out, and I hold up my hand not to let anyone else stop me from it. It's two, these are two, when I try to get at something where the thing itself is involved in a problem, and there's someone trying to stop me, 
might use strength to extricate the object, and an, an outstretched means it's on God. So Kalal there was Kalal itself was in Golas by its own nature. They were submerged in Mitzrayim. It was, it was, it was a problem with themselves. And also Mitzrayim was locked around them. Mitzrayim didn't allow them to get out. So, so, so the Geula entailed two halves. The first and the more, and the, and the stronger of the two is schlepping Kalal itself out of Mitzrayim. To, to, to be able to, to schlep Kalal out uh, out of something which was deeply enmeshed in as far as they themselves were concerned. The strength meaning for the object that in question needs an exertion in order to step it out. The Yad Metuya is needed against somebody on the outside, which in this case is Para Mitzrayim as an outside uh, force to keep them away from, from uh, Kaisa. Now, the Elud says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would not have taken us out. We and our children and our children's children would still be slaves to Param. What does that mean? It says in the Gemara, says there are three things that were not given over to any Malachim. Three, birth, rain, and Chiyas HaMesim. Those are three things. That the, its keys were not given over to a messenger. What, what does it mean, these are three things that the keys were not given over to a messenger? What things are given over to messengers, what not? The, the ultimate, in other words, the prime act of Akadosh Baruch that we relate to is, as, as human, as creatures, is a creation, Yeshme Ayin. Akadosh Baruch is the one, the way in which I picture Akadosh Baruch ultimately is, once upon a time there must have been nothing, and the fact that there's something, this transition from nothing to something is Akadosh Baruch That is, in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, in the ultimate sense of Yeshme Ayin. That is where we recognize that when nothing existed, still there must have been a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Things don't come out of nothing. We have no way in which we could picture something coming out of nothing. The is the first law of conservation of energy and matter together. There is no, there is no, not, not, no nothing comes from, no something comes from nothing. So we perceive a Kaddish Baruch Hu as creator. In the, within the framework of the world, there are a lot of levels of process, of, 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 of various processes that in some degree relate closely, some degree further than this Yeshme Ayin. For instance, if I take something and I cook it, and then the thing becomes hot, it's a process. I transfer energy from the fire to the water, this, this became cooler, this became hotter. It's a normal, it's a process that is within the grasp of every person. I, I understand it as, as a process put into the Bria by Akadosh Baruch when the whole Bria was put in. But it's not an ongoing process of something from nothing. There's no yeshmi'ayin quality in that. There are, it's, it's, it's totally within human reach. It, it would be shocking to us if a person would cook up water and the water would not get hot. It is so natural, it's so part of our process that it's almost totally human. There are certain aspects that we feel in it a blend of the two. A person is very sick, this surgery was done on him, which is 50-50, and he pulls through. It's not a miracle. It has, it has, a, I mean, it has a, an understanding. But we feel there's an element of chance where Akadosh Baruch Hu expressed his will, or, or, or his initiative, let's say. A person uh, is in business. He knows not it, 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 the, the laws. In other words, business don't work on uh, does not work on a straight cause and effect basis like like uh, cooking water 
or, or, or even like plow the ground. There's an element of chance, there's an element of some outside, a lucky strike, a bad streak. There are different elements that come into play. It's a mixture of it. There are two or three basic processes within the world that to us, they have the appearance of Yeshma Ayan. The ultimate in our understanding of Yeshma Ayan are three things. There is birth. For us, the ultimate in our understanding, something from nothing is birth. It's true there was salmon before, it's true there was an egg. A human, we don't see these things as a human being with, it, with the full complement of, 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 of everything he has. As far as we're concerned, the, 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 uh, it's a, 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 an event that parallels creation to us is birth. Uh, that's, so birth, life giving is a process that to us still retains whatever we can imagine of the quality of Yeshma Ayan, where something lifeless before becomes full of life. The whole framework of the world keeping alive is, is the word rain, since that's the source of food, basically. It's the source. It's water. It waters the ground. In other words, it, we, if we're to look at the basic thing that keeps us alive, there's nothing that can live without water. There are, there are items, there are organisms, anaerobic bacteria can live without oxygen. Nothing, I don't, I'm not aware of anything that can live without water. Water is a basic medium for, so this represents what keeps life. In other words, you have life coming into force, life remaining, and Chiyosamesim is life coming back after, after Misa. So, so everything else is, is, we, we relate to it as, as a process with a certain hierarchy. HaKadosh Baruch created a system, that system has its own dynamic, and it runs with a lot of its own steam. There are certain processes which we look at as coming as close as we can to the basic idea of Yesh Ayin, which we can't duplicate. It's something which is beyond HaKadosh Baruch So these are the three items. If, let's say, a nation is in a situation where, as far as we're concerned, it is slightly in Golas. It's a lot in Golas. Give it more time. Anything, any process that is within nature, it's a question of, just give it a few more years, and it'll work its way out. Anything that's bound to happen will happen eventually. That's the old cloud. So it's a question of just giving more time. As long as there's some chance, give it enough years, the chance will crop up. If I am looking for a situation, in other words, water will erode rocks. That, that is something that, that's a fact. A little bit longer, a little bit, it's a question of time. Life coming from non-life is something that us, even with time, is not meaningful. We can't, no matter how much time you have, rock doesn't become a human being. You, the rock can become shape, the rock can become form, it can get holes, it can, it, it can, can make even interesting shapes. But life coming from inanimate, no matter how much time we give it, we don't, don't picture that, that the dividing line between living and non-living, time is not a factor at all. So if you want to describe Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, in a, in, in a, in a, in line with it not being a, a process that was speeded up, but rather a yesh me'ayin of Kalal Yisrael, similar to the birth of an individual, this was the birth of Kalal Yisrael, then had a Kaddish Baruch Hu. There's an emphasis here, if, if not for a Kaddish Baruch Hu would have taken this out, time would never have produced the same result. Hari Anu, Baneinu, Bnei it's not just we would still be in Golos, the Geula is not something, it's not a process that was speeded up. It's not a process that was hurried up. It was a, it was a process that was an act of God because no, time could never have produced it. 
The inability for time to produce it shows me that it lies not within the system, but outside of the system. So the Harei Anu Vanenu, Vnei Vanenu, would still be Mitzrayim, describes to me the uniqueness of the Yitzi of Mitzrayim. It's an act of creation, or birth, which is the way we can perceive cre- creation, and, and, and time itself would never give it. That's another reason for eating the Matzah It's where the, the bread we eat on, on, on Pesach is something that time played no, it's totally human. It's our act, not an act of time. There's nothing within the natural process that forms this bread. Every bread has our work with time letting it rise and, 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 and become bread. This is something that is totally human act, parallel to Akash Baruch's act of, of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim, of Bigu'ul and Mitzrayim, which contain no element of nature within it. This program is part of a series. For the continuation, please go to the next selection.